welcome to Patriots Nation UK, brought to you by me, your host, Matt Inkster. Hey guys, what's going on? This is episode 5 of Patriots Nation UK. I am at Matt Pinkster on Twitter and I blog at PatriotsNationUK.com. And please folks remember to rate, review and subscribe, that would be much appreciated. And let's get into this week's show. So coming up on this week's show, I've got Alex and Matthew from the UK Bills Mafia on. Um, they had kindly asked me to come on their podcast, so what you'll hear is basically the whole interview start to finish from their side and my side. I haven't um, cut it at all because there's um, good stuff chatted between us from both sides of the, the spectrum with myself and Matthew and Alex. Um, as well as the UK Bills Mafia guys, I've got Bill Belichick on this week, um, some tight end news, the pup list. MLB herself, Megan O'Brien. But first, let's get into training camp. So, training camp starts tomorrow as of recording this this evening. Or today, if you're listening Thursday, or the 25th of July. Whichever way you want to say it. But, um, first of all, if you go to camp, have fun, enjoy. I'm not jealous at all. Um, It seems like a great laugh every year. I'll be like you guys, I'll be tuning in to PFW and listening to what those guys are saying on each day of practice, where and when I can. Um, I always find that a great insight and interest in listening to them, because you know, they're on the sidelines, they're on the pitch, you can hear the whistles and the shouts in the background and such like. Um, the Robs are good listening at this time of year for that sort of thing. Um, second of all regards camp, um, you'll probably be aware by now that there's no pads worn in the first couple of days. That's Saturday before that starts. It's just t-shirts and shorts, shorts sort of thing, etc. for the first couple of days. And then Saturday is when they'll start to get into the actual evaluation of front lines and run game and all that kind of thing due to actually having the pads on, getting a bit of physical contact in there. And thirdly um, is Julian Edelman. He will be there, but he's got some sort of thumb issue that's keeping him out injured. Um, which is how he starts training camp on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list. And joining him on the list is Sony Michel, which is a slight worry because of his knee, but not totally unexpected. Um, Nate Ebner's on there, Demarius Thomas, which was kind of be expected also, um, Dietrich Wise, Ken Webster and Cole Croston. And Yannick Juiced, he starts on the non-football injury list rather than the actual PUP list. And also as we move into training camp, um, that moves me on to our, my next point, which was going to be Mr Bill Belichick himself. I managed to catch the interview with um, him this morning. He was being interviewed by the press and he had some... Some interesting things to say, but generally it was almost like he was in his mid-season banter already, you know, solemn, straight-faced, one-word answers on occasion, given the sort of dry wit and humour that we all know and love him for. Um, But some of the quotes I picked up on were, um, there's a long, long way to go, 
and we're looking to make progress every day. And of course that relates to the team. We're quite a new team again this year. Um, so we'll see how they get on with that. So yeah, progress every day is what you're looking for. And of course, between now and the start of the season, it's only 40 odd days away, but with those guys, it's a long way to go to gel and you know, especially with wide receiving core and the tight end game that we're looking at and such like, see how they get on there. Um, also quoted from Mr. Belichick is it's a league matter. Um, so ask them, you know, talk to them about what's going on with that. And I don't think it'll change much. So the first quote about asking the league is to do with Josh Gordon and his situation. It would be great to find out sooner or later um, what's going on so we can actually prepare for if we can welcome him back into the fold or if he's got a lengthy suspension that's coming up. I personally think he shouldn't be suspended. You know, it's becoming quite a broad thing now that... Excuse me. Um, it's quite broad that in a lot of states now that they are like, um, letting people smoke marijuana and you know if he's doing it in a legal state then you know what's the big issue you know there's a lot of ex players campaigning for cbd which is a strength or um some sort of marijuana usage but in like pills and uh, cookies and all sorts of different formats which help with various things and one of the things that they're looking into is cte and how it helps with that so maybe having a bit of marijuana during the the season or off season that helps with various things might not be the worst thing in the world really um, but that's something we can maybe delve into a bit deeper in a podcast further down the line hopefully when we get a bit more news on Josh Gordon himself and regarding the league and what his state of play is and the last quote that he gave was I don't think it'll change much which was someone asking in relation to Joe Kim uh, he got a new title of Director of Skill Development and last season, what he was involved with mainly was the pass rush and getting them up to speed and coaching them and such like. Um, but he's with this new um, coaching roles that people have been given and then he's got a new title. But new titles don't always mean things. As we know, in everyday life, you can be uh, you know, given a fancy title that just means you are the the garbage waste collection guy sort of thing and so it's looking like he'll just continue with the pass rush for now at least and see how that progresses from there um, touching on tight end news a little bit it's been confirmed from um, NFL insider Ian Rappaport in the last few hours before recording this that Lance Kendricks has been picked up by the New England Patriots um, last season he was at the Green Bay Packers, the second round pick out of Wisconsin, was drafted for the Rams in 2011. Looking at his stats for last year, he had 19 catches for 170 yards and one touchdown. And looking over his career, he's maybe not got the most productive um, stats to be looking at, but his average yards per catch are pretty decent, you know, I think the lowest end is 9.7, 9.8 I think it was that I looked at um, but generally he's getting 10, 12, sorry, yards 
on average per catch, which is good for moving the chains and uh, it could possibly be a useful piece of the puzzle, but we'll wait and see how that goes with him. It's all up in the air at this time of year, as I've probably said a few times, but possibly a good addition. Let's wait and see how he gets on in camp. And the other thing before I get into the Bills, guys, was uh, what I said I was going to look at in this episode is Megan O'Brien, MOB herself. She uh, is now on the PFW in Progress um, podcast. She's a reporter for the Patriots and she came up with a sort of hot take of if you're over a certain age, basically if you're a grown man, you shouldn't be wearing jerseys um, because it's kind of dumb and it's kind of, you know, it's a child's thing to be wearing jerseys and such like. I personally wear them. I don't think the um, the pro shop was too enamoured with her take on it, but you know, it's gotten everyone talking about it. So if you're a person that likes buying jerseys, then why not crack on? Um, that's that's my take on it. I think I if you're you know twenty, thirty, forty, sixty, then that's it's up to you. That's your choice. Uh, I've got a few jerseys, but generally I just wear them on Sundays. There is the odd occasion I will, will wear them out with a Sunday. Um, but generally it's just a Sunday I wear it. I've also got soccer shirts that I wear um, more frequently than my jerseys. But you know, it goes along the same principle. And it's something I've heard before um, regarding soccer jerseys more than anything. That I've heard it before that if you're a, a grown man, you shouldn't be going around with a a jersey on your back. You can stick to your t-shirts and polos and hats and hoodies and such like, but jerseys or sh- shirts should be just marketed at kids and kids only that are buying them. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Really, is that I've got them, I wear them generally on Sundays. I. I'm in the UK, so I can't go to games, so I sit in front of the telly with mine on and show my support that way, and I'm sure a lot of UK Patriots fans do the same. So if you have a thought on it, um, feel free to chat on Twitter about it, get in touch, and you know, let's discuss it and see where... I think I might stick a poll out on Twitter and see where everyone um, lies in the land, um, so to speak. But yeah, at Matt Engster on Twitter and let's have a wee discussion about it and see how it goes. And I think that covers all the news for now. So just before I dive into the interview for you guys to hear um, with the UK Bills guys, you can catch them on Twitter at Bills Backers UK. That was Alex and Matthew that you'll hear in the interview. They're a couple of great guys. Um, and they also gave me a tip on something to watch while well, Alex did was embedded on YouTube and it's like all or nothing but with a different spin focusing on the off season and it was a great insight into the draft process the war room um, how they go about signing undrafted free agents after the draft is finished and from what I've seen I'm just finishing off episode 3 but what I've seen so far is great it's a great wee series might be a divisional rival but if you like all or nothing and hard knocks and those types of programs then you know give it a watch and 
uh, again let me know what you think at Matt Dinkster on Twitter um, get in touch let me know what you think and with that I'll hand you over at the interview and I'll speak to you at the end and we are joined now by Matt from uh, the Patriots Nation UK podcast. Thank you for joining us, Matt. Uh, you're very welcome. Um, thanks for having me on. It's our pleasure. Want to start off with probably one question that every uh, every Bills fan probably is thinking and wants to say right now is, when will Brady and Belichick retire? Um, well, it's I think... I am, I was speaking about this in one of my pods the other week that I think it's um, last off season that he had said to Giselle that he was giving him Brady was going to give himself a couple of years before that would be the end of. But recently, when all the rumours were going around of who's who's who coming to over to England this year to the games, um, Brady said something about he wants to he's desperate to come back to England and play. Again, so I have a hunch that he'll play this season. Hopefully, my hunch is correct, and they actually play in London next year. And once he's got another, almost like a farewell tour, that that'll mm. be Brady done. And I can't see Belichick being far behind, to be honest. That's cool. That's a good answer. Sooner the better. <laughs> <laughs> so. Moving on from that, because obviously, you know, no ill will towards either one of them, but um, specifically uh, about the off season, you know, I, I never every year, I, I'll never give too much time to the Patriots off season because every year it's basically two losses for me. No matter the roster matchup, it doesn't matter who's new, who left. Uh, so, so tell me then. Um, uh, how has the off season gone for the Patriots? Um, are you better or worse than last year? Would you think? Um, to be honest, it's up for a debate at the minute. I think it's a lot of people um, in the know or who say they are in the know think that we are as good, if not better, than last off season. But it's it's hard to tell, especially with our wide receiver core, who's. Um, who's going to stand out really. I read today that I think that Dorset is the only one who has caught an NFL pass from what we have in in the locker just now because of Edelman's injury that's came out um, came up in this past couple of days with his thumb that he's out for three to four weeks. So he's missing some of the, the start of training camp and probably the first two preseason games, which isn't a big loss. I, I don't think it is at all. I think it's a, a great thing because if there's only one person that's caught an NFL pass, um, then you know you need the guys to step up, and the more reps they get, then it's it can only be a good thing. And on the other side of the ball, you've got the likes of Chase Winovich, who I am so stoked about getting because he seems an absolute monster. And out with the Patriots uh, over the years, Clay Matthews has been one of my favourite players to watch, and I just see him in totally that mould of being the next sort of defensive end, pass rush type, like Matthews, like Rob Ninkovich was. Um, so off-season, generally quite good, heading into training camp at the end of the week, and we'll take it from there and see how it goes. Yeah, no, I've, I was a I was a huge Winovich fan myself, and obviously when it came to round three, and obviously we got Singletary with Winovich on the board, I, I will admit that I was a little bit bummed out, but 
seeing what what Singletary could do and what he actually um, has done in OTAs, it's kind of um, softened the blow a bit. But yeah, no, I I like your pickup of uh, of Winovich in the um, in the third. Uh, yeah, I totally like it. It's um, almost like the underrated pick in a way, really. Mm. I mean, on on the roster, whether they whether they can make the fifty three man roster or when uh, the Bills and the Patriots play, who's that one under radar sleeper player that that the Bills should look out for, or the um, or the NFL should look out for? It's. It might have came to light more recently, unfortunately, for I've got another fancy um, football draft coming up in just under a week's time, and I'm hoping that he kind of slips under the radar most. But um, Braxton Berrios is the one that's stood out to me before the settlement injury came up, and it's the one that is going to be the... Not, he's a sleeper, really, yeah. But, you know, he's the one for me that's going to stand out in, in training camp shortly. And if he doesn't, I'll be shocked because he's in the Edelman mould. He's someone that can be the new slot receiver like him, Edelman or like Amendola or such. Like, he's got pace, he's got feet that can get him away from um, the defence and he's got good hands. So I'm I'm expecting a lot from him this season. I know he's he was injured last season, unfortunately, and so technically this is his rookie season. But I've got high hopes for him for sure. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Um, so I've had this argument often uh, with multiple people, but never an actual Patriots fan. Uh, I, I've always argued: um, is it more to the success of the Patriots? Is it more Bill Belichick or is or is it more Tom Brady? Like, if you had to lose one, who would you rather lose? Um, me personally, and that obviously doesn't go for all Patriots. For me, it's um, Belichick is the one that I can't lose. Brady, I mean, he's it's notoriously told now how low he was picked up in the draft, and it's seen from other instances and something I still can't wrap my head around to this day of if you're going for a, someone that's your quarterback, like we've just picked up Jarrett Stidham in the fourth round this year. I mean, if you're pinpointing someone as your next QB, why the heck are you picking someone up in the fourth round um, rather than, you know, one of the first, second or third sort yeah. of thing? So for me, um, it sounds silly, but Brady is slightly dispensable but Belichick isn't and when he goes does McDaniel step into the role and play as well and coach as well as what um, Belichick's yeah. done I, I don't know and, and we've seen that in Denver before He there are people who are great assistant coaches and coordinators but they don't transcend to being a head coach at all so um, yeah Bel- Belichick's the one I'd hate to lose I think I think I'd kind of agree. You had that time when when Brady was out injured. You had what, what was it, Matt Castle um, yeah. come in for that one 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 season when Brady was out and went eleven and five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, no, I could oh, kind it's, of see. Yeah, it, it's clear. It's clear that it it works. The system works. And I mean, that's kind of you know when I think about it, that's. One of the things that I mean, when was the last time we haven't had a system since Mar since Marv Levy? You know, I mean, it's always I think that's the most important thing is to have a system, have a coach who knows how to do it. So and the players are kind of expendable. I get that. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's um, something to touch on one of the other AFC teams is the Titans are guilty of and some franchises in general, they just don't give coaches enough time and it's mm-hmm. um, susceptible, uh, Matthew, you'll know in, in English soccer or European soccer as well, they just don't give coaches enough time and yeah. everyone's having a dig at Mario and how terrible he has been and granted he's not lived up to his first round pick as he, as he should have done but What's, is this going into his um, fourth year and he's going to have a fourth offensive coordinator to work with? How can you have mm. any stability off the back of that? Yeah, exactly. I think that's what we're hoping with Buffalo, that regardless whether we make the playoffs or just not by miss it by, say, a game or so, that hope that we give uh, McDermott an extra couple of years because what he's actually started building at the moment is actually what is needed and that as you say that stability is the thing that is pretty much the key in all all franchises if you can get that suitable um stability for a couple of years three years or so whilst you're building up the rest of your side then that will be at the end of the day it will be good for the franchise and then that coach potentially could be there for as long as belichick as long as um marv levy when he was um when he was a head coach of the bills yeah i mean Mm. Is is there any team in the NFL you're worried about playing, or is it just a case that each week you're going in, you're going in saying, "Yep, yeah, I think this could be a um, a straight up win. We're not scared of anyone." Or is there someone now that you're thinking, "Ooh, I'm not too sure if we're going if we can get the um, the positive result for." I mean, the brash Patriots thing to do is just to say we're we're winning it again, end of. But that's not my realistic point of view, to be honest. I've gone on record in uh, my podcast and various other mediums that, it's, for me, it's the Colts this year, and that's not just in the AFC. I think the Colts, um, if I was to put my money on anyone to win the Super Bowl this year, it's going to be them, because not only were they good last year, but they're even better than they were. They've added some fantastic pieces in the off-season and they've still got so much salary cap room. It's not even... It's kind of disgusting, really, how they've got yeah. a roster of what they've got and they've still not even scratched the surface on their um, salary cap, really. Um, so for me, it's the Colts. I think it's the Patriots are have to gun yeah. for the Colts. And if we don't meet them for whatever reason in the playoffs and for whatever um, comes up that they don't win the whatever game it is that doesn't put them into the championship game against us or someone else, then I'll, you know that's a step ahead for the Patriots at that point yeah. that we are then in a position that we can go to the championship and to the Super Bowl. But yeah, to answer your question, the short answer would be the Colts. <laughs> So not the uh, not the Browns of all their um, all their signings and how they feel they're gonna break the uh, break the drought, get into the into the playoffs. Not not scared of the Browns. Mm, no, not really. Um, the, I've kind of jumped off that hype train in recent weeks, and I don't know. I mean, I love their what they're doing, what they're trying to achieve, and I can see them being a contender at least get the divisional rounds. But there's just I think they'll start and, and start and you know falter over the line rather than be confident about it. Uh, yeah, is what I 
potentially envision happening. And same with the Chiefs. With everything that's gone on this off-season so far with them, there could be something lurking in the deepest, darkest wood that could unscrew that cork and just take the you know derail their season as well potentially. So, and obviously, as as everyone says, Mahomes can't have another season like that again. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, you can only really be scared of a team that's kind of like been there, that's done it before. And I know the Colts had like one bad year, but that was when. You know, luck was hurt and everything, but I mean, they've they've consistently had a really good offense. So, I mean, I could understand that. Uh, obviously, I wasn't expecting you to say Buffalo. Uh, it would be nice. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> is there anything about the Bills in these two games that we'll play that gives you cause for concern at all? Um, yeah, and you touched on it earlier. I know you you might have wanted to pick up Winovich, um, but Singletary. Uh, he's someone I've been sleeping on in draft and I've not really picked up because always in my head that I don't really pick Buffalo players that much because of the seasons that um, in terms of weather that you get up that neck yeah. of the woods you know to and then, and then thinking about it today obviously knowing that I was coming on to speak to you guys that I thought well if you are in three foot of snow then you know you'd you do run it. You don't try and throw it 40 yards downfield because then all your receivers are slipping and sliding. And yeah. watching back tape of Singletary, he's such a north-south runner. hes I don't know if anyone's picked... I'm sure they have, but for me, he's a Le'Veon Bell in the making. He's got that patience. hes he, He's into that new sort of mould that's coming. You know how it'll come in sort of waves that someone's seen Lev Bell and then now yeah. we're four or five years removed almost from that. So the people who were leaving high school at the time when he was a rookie have then hit college and subsequently are now in the NFL and they are, they've are they been practising this stutter step for so long that Singletary is one of them that seems to have mastered it. He doesn't like running east and west towards, you know, lateral towards the lines. He's all or nothing, he'll quite happily duke three linebackers and take it 40 yards up in the middle. So for me, he's someone to watch out for. Um, but on the opposite side of the ball, I was really impressed with what I saw um, from Ed Oliver. He's mm. he's someone that, and everyone says that Brady doesn't get touched, or if he does, there's flags thrown. But <laughs> um, he's someone that I'd be scared of if I was Brady. I wouldn't want him rushing at me um, full speed he's he's he, the tape I watched he, he he was getting double teamed and he was still shoving the guys out of the way and he, yeah. even, even if he didn't get to the the quarterback he was still making it difficult for them to throw and it was either ending up that someone off the edge was getting to the quarterback instead or he was just end up throwing the ball away which is what you're looking for yeah and really him and um, your second round pick Cody Ford I know he was kind of picked up as a tackle, but he's going to be someone that's a Swiss Army knife across that line, I think, that mm. can play guard or tackle quite easily. And we'll, He might pick a spot eventually and stick with it, or they might just keep chopping and yeah. changing, depending on how injuries go. Um, but what, yeah, what's your, what, what's your view on Josh Allen? Um, potential. He needs to be more accurate with these throws and he could 
potentially do that. This I'm a big fan of the Cole Beasley pickup, and with him coming in off the the slot, he could be someone that you know just almost as what Brady gets accused of mm-hmm. a lot of time is the dink and dunk style. Um, if they stuck with that for a little while, but then you know you've got the potential to open it up further down the field as well, but. I'm not sure if I can trust them throwing it down the field very often. So if you want to go that, you might see them going quite slot heavy or run heavy is my guess for the first few games, at least until he gets in a rhythm and then it'll start to open up towards the numbers and towards sidelines and going yeah. further downfield. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, um, if I was you guys, I wouldn't be too displeased with him. That's for sure. He's just, oh, no, we're not. We just love him in shorts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what what would have to happen for the Bills to beat the Patriots? Um, is there anything? Is there any like, weakness in the team that that should cause um, cause worry for yourself? Um, I know it's a funny one for you guys because um, pre pod I was saying to you guys that I was listening to what your recent episode was and I picked up that you guys aren't the hottest on tight ends. And obviously, we don't really have one as such going into the new season. So um, that could be a weakness or it could be a strength. We don't know until they start to expand on things in training camp and such like. But um, cornerback, we're quite stacked. So I wouldn't want want Josh Allen through it in any length downfield to, towards our corners because we're quite deep in those areas. Um Oh, that was something. I don't know, really. I don't know. We do have weak spots, but it's... I would say that sort of transition between the linebacker and safety and corners, there's that. It's always... Or behind the line, even, you know, before you've even got off. Because Singletary could be... um, Sorry, not Singletary. um, Shady could be someone that might be more of a, a swing sort of person, you know, starting off the line and yeah. coming forward from it. Because that was something we've always been susceptible to, is just the short pass off five yards to ten yards to right or left, and then them attacking the linebackers and corners from that point. Of view. You've seen that in the Super Bowl um, against the Eagles. Corey Clement was just running all over us and at times because the box was either stacked looking at Ajayi or they were too worried about Jeffrey and that further down the field mm-hmm. that he just tailed off. He started um, next to Wentz. Um, Foles, sorry. He started next to Foles and then just tailed off to the side and there was nobody marking him. So you could just, he picked up the ball and ran it 10 yards to get first down. So that's something that I've always thought, even now, is such a weakness. If you can find a running back or somebody that's a bit of a hybrid that can swing out left or right, still be behind the line for just that split second longer and let play develop in front of you and see where you're going. Um, yeah, so it's pretty know, much looking looking at your roster. Uh, it, I always am scared of the Patriots because of the offense, but in looking at the roster now, with the question marks at wide receiver, you know, is is uh, Harry? How, how do you pronounce the last name? In Keel. Yeah, like I mean, what are you gonna get there? Demarius Thomas is he gonna, you know, is he gonna even make the team? Uh, running back Sonny Michelle injured, but your defense looks legitimate. 
So that kind of gives me more worry than your offense does because kind of with Brady, he always figures it out, right? Yeah. Um, you're, I'd say you're 90% right, um, Alex. That Yeah, the, our defense is, is quite legit and it'll be like you guys. I mean, you guys were top five last season and I, I think... What was that? I read that it was something like out the last seven seasons or so, the the Patriots and Seahawks are the only two that have had top ten um, defenses consecutively, or something like that. It was so our defense is pretty pretty good. Um, That's secondary. Yeah, as, as I was saying, the corners and safeties were quite um, stacked in those positions. That's why um, for what some of the of what we picked up in the draft with Jawan Williams then I was a bit and especially because we reached for him and traded with Detroit I was a bit miffed but you know the good old and Bill we trust saying we'll just have to suffice for that one I think right the, the wide receivers yeah the, as I was saying it is a bit of a hit or a miss for now until we see how they develop but in my Sneaky suspicion is a lot of people will say Thomas might not make the team, but for me, he's going to be that tight end replacement. He's going to be that gronk in the end zone. It's either that or it depends on Josh Gordon, really. If Gordon mm. comes back into the team, he's the one that takes the fades and such like in the corners of the end zone for red zone play. Yeah. But if he's still banned for his substance abuse or whatever you want to call it, um, I can see Thomas being the one they might not have much choice. It'll be between him and Harry to go into the corners and take those um, sort of balls and, you know, the 50-50s that are there for up for grabs to try and get touchdowns and score points. Um, But, yeah, the wide receiver is a weakness as well until we see how it plays out. One one last question. uh, Yes, it's going to be early in there. We haven't even got to training camp and all that, but... Just, if you can, what would be your prediction for the games? Is it would it be a sweep for the Patriots, one one one, or how would you how do you see the two games going? Um, definitely a win at home because I I always think we're we're going to win at home, but I mean it's not the same and it wouldn't happen. It's and there's plenty of teams come in in Gillette recently and and got wins, um. Buffalo, it's it's a different. Um, it's if I don't, I can't remember the the schedule off the top of my head, but I think we go to you guys first. Is that right? We yeah. Let me see if I can grab it up. I did have it saved somewhere. I can't remember I where. I think we play early. Uh yeah, we're um. Yeah, 29th, week four at home, and then uh, either 21st or 22nd December away. Yeah, so it's slightly better weather in December in um, Boston than it is um, Buffalo. In general speaking, I mean, I know that's mm, yeah. not much to be, there's not much between it. So going away from home early on is always what I prefer when in terms of Buffalo because it's better weather and it's more an even playing field as such, but and then at home, uh, I always fancy us regardless who it is to try and take care of business. So potentially two and zero, potentially one and one. I wouldn't like to say either way, either way. But if 
you know, I was to put my house on, I would have to go to, to an O, unfortunately, <laughs> guys. No, I, <laughs> Sorry, that, I know that. I don't blame you for that. I mean, you actually, you, know, you have the track record that can back that up, so I can't argue with you there. But, I mean, that that second game is going to be pretty important for probably the both of us. You'd probably be going for home field advantage in the playoffs, want to lock that up. We're probably going to be fighting for our playoff lives. So that's going to be a really interesting game at the end there. Mm, for sure. It's, it could be... Um, it might not even be for home advantage, to be honest, the, the season with us, but we'll wait and see how it, how it goes, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to feed off your cautious pessimism that really makes me feel good so <laughs> excellent you, you you do that and have All right. sleep at night <laughs> yeah i think i, I think alex needs uh, on some of the podcasts he's actually a bit uh he's a bit too pessimistic he needs to be a bit more optimistic <laughs> well yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in december though you know we'll see how i feel then so i mean to be honest guys i, I think i going into this season i think you've um got a lot to to be positive about and you know, if all else fails, you've always got the Dolphins to crop you up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and potentially the Jets. Yeah, they're, they're through a dart and see what happens. It's a very interesting team over there, yeah. It's it's so frustrating if you're, well, not if you're me or you guys, because yeah. it's, you know, we've both got the chance to topple them. But if you were to be a Jets fan, you know, you've signed some good players through the draft and through um, free agency in the off-season and then you've got Adam Gase just comes in there like a whirlwind and like, well, I don't really like you, I don't really like you. Um, Everyone's gone. (laughs) It's not really what you want to hear when they've signed these multi-million dollar multi-year contracts that, you know, you're not getting rid of these guys anytime soon. It's not as easy as what it is in soccer that you can just um, fade them out of the team, or try and get a, a transfer for them, or whatever. They they are there, and there you're. You know you've got the captain, or should be one of the captains of the D and Mosley. You've got Lev Bell, who who knows what's going to happen now, but yeah. uh, and you've got the potential in Darnold to actually be doing something. Yeah, and he's just come in and gone. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> uh, right, I don't yeah. like running back, so you're out the door. <laughs> you know. So no, I, I, going back to what I was originally saying was that for for me personally, looking at your season a, a little bit, then there is a lot to be um, positive about, and there is a lot to consider going forward. That I wouldn't be too pessimistic and and say that you know I think a playoff berth is possible for you guys. And looking at your schedule, you know if you get off to a good start mm. uh, against you know you've got. Well, I was Jets, having a look. You get the Bengals. Jets, Giants, Bengals, yeah. um, before us, Titans. You know, can be a hit or miss, and then you've got Dolphins. So, you could be looking at what five, five, five one. Five, it five could one, be a good start or season. something. Yeah. You know, you've got the potential there to to do some damage before you hit a run of games that um, yeah. potentially derail you. But then you know, Redskins are a hot mess as well. You've yeah. Got, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like I, I always say, there's 14 games on the schedule that can go either way. There's just two on the schedule that I'm never feeling good about. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I, do, do you have any any questions for us? Have we got um, you on? You may have something. 
Well, just how, how you think that uh, if you've looked at the Patriots and what, what you guys have thought of our roster, you know, we've touched on it a little bit. Was there anyone in the draft that, apart from Winovich that you thought, you know, do, do you go with the take that Harry could be the linchpin of our offence this season? Or, you know, how, yeah. how, basically, how do you guys think um, I mean, it's going so far? I I really like the, um, the Harry pick. I think um, he was... He was one of my um one of my top receivers that I actually had. Yeah. Looking at it, I just I his just the, the size and his um and the way he's bulked out his frame obviously make him will make him dangerous along with um along with hopefully if you do get him back obviously Josh Gordon um as I say my my uh Chase Winovich I really liked I do like um. The guard you took in the um in the fourth round, Hajalt um is it Hajalt um the guard yes. from Arkansas. I really like liked him. That's a fun name. Yeah, I'm not even gonna try that. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Hjarald because it's like a Danish Viking mm, sort of name. Yeah. Hjarald Froholt. Oh, that's Froholt. good stuff. That's Something like that. He's one if, of my. He was one of my favorites. If he becomes, if he gets really good and he becomes like a really like all star player, oh, people are gonna love that name. Um, yeah, yeah and, I mean, in reviewing the Patriots roster for me, it's just, it just seems like this happens every year where there's massive turnover, and it still just works. Mm. You know, I mean, bringing in a guy like Michael Bennett for such a low cost. It's just, it's the only, it's the only, the Patriots are the only team that could do something like that and have it work. Yeah. You know, like no one else is ballsy enough to even call Seattle and say, hey, we'll give you a fifth for them. And it worked. <laughs> it's just every year there's something that like, oh, yep, so-and-so went to the Patriots. Of course they did, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I think that it was, um, when I heard about that pickup, I was like, oh, no, please don't tell me that means his brother's going to come out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, one, the one thing I was actually shocked kind a little bit about was obviously the, the release of Chris Hogan. Because obviously at Buffalo, he, he, was, he was good and he obviously did well for you guys um, covering for when, um, when Edelman was, was out. So I, I was a bit shocked with... Um, well, I don't. I'd probably be shocked. You probably weren't um, that shocked with him being released. But I do also like, um, like uh, what's his name, Sonny Michelle. I do like him as a uh, as a running back. Yeah, um, Michelle is good. The only issue he's got going into this new season is his knee. And being a runner, then you know you need your knees, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, but yeah. you know he's he's more. <laughs> I'd be more inclined to say being a running back, you need them more than potentially a receiver does. Yeah. Um, because, you you know, you've got to have that low momentum that drives you forward a bit. So that's a concern for me going into the new season is Michelle. But again, we've got so much in in reserve and to pick up Damian Harris was a bit of a an eye squinter as well because we'd already got... Um, like Sir Rex Burkhead and James White there, but it's always been a Bill thing. Bill hates fancy football. Bill doesn't want a Bill cow in his yeah. team. Yeah. And so he's quite happy going by running back by committee. So, no, he's, he was a bit of a surprise last year. 
um, Michelle. So hopefully it continues this year. The two yeah. shock, the two shockers for me was losing uh, Trey Flowers and and uh, and Trent Brown. I mean, those are cornerstone positions. I, very important. The guys produced for you, and just to let them go. I know, like the Patriots don't pay guys, you know, like top dollar, and those guys got massive contracts. You know, Trent Brown being the highest paid offensive lineman right now in NFL history. So, uh, but I mean, you addressed. You addressed the defensive end part and the draft, obviously. But, uh, like, what are you going to do about the loss of, of Trent Brown? Um, it's looking like Joe Tooney might move over in uh, that position, um, potentially, and um, cover that. But, yeah, you're right. It's We don't pay, and it, it can be frustrating because it's not, again, I've, I've related back to soccer. It's not like soccer. You just throw more money at it because because there is a salary cap in place and we don't have a lot of that. Um, so we we almost had our hands tied. We just had to let them go in a way. But at the same time, you know, you've seen, and that's Jamie Collins come back this year. He went, got his money, got paid, and now he's back to where he can possibly pick up another ring. So it's, if you're a player, you want, do you want money or do you want rings? They'll say both. You can't have both in a lot of cases. Um, yeah. And because their career is so short, you can't blame the guys. They've got to go for the money, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, they, they got their ring last year, so now go go get paid, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, no, it's it's looking okay. I'm I'm optimi- optimistic as usual. But um, apart from the actual um, roster and such like and how things have gone, how do you see... The Patriot season going in general. Do you guys see? You know, what do you think of my prediction of the Colts being the one that's to be fe- feared, or do you think it's us that's being feared by the rest of the league? I, I don't. I think it. As much as I hate to, I don't want to rain on, on praise and all that. I think potentially. I think obviously with what Brady's saying about potentially want to do a couple. Um, a season or so to um before he retires i think obviously it's just at that point i don't know how best word to word it um it's just the transition period where are they on the are they on a little bit of a down slope or are they working hard behind the scenes to get jarrett stidham up and running to take over or are they looking to to make that big splash whether it be free agency or um or via the draft to get that um get that heir apparent to uh to brady but to challenge if we're talking afc i probably would a little bit agree with you on the um on the colts possibly the chiefs but they've had a few off the field issues but if we were going all over so if we were going nfc as well i would probably say um the rams i think the rams could give you a um, a better run for money than they did in the um in the super bowl Really, I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of people talking about the Rams falling off. Now I haven't spent much time on their off season, but just looking at a few predictions, uh, Rams are the people are talking about the Rams coming back down to earth. But uh, yeah, I've definitely spent more time looking at the AFC. Um, I, I I see the Steelers kind of taking a step back. I see the Browns being not ready yet. Um, I see people overvalue over overvaluating the Jaguars. Um, and I, I would say the Chargers, but what you did to the Chargers last year just makes them like irrelevant in this conversation. 
you know, um, that dismantling in the playoffs. So, and yeah, I mean, you said it earlier about how Mahomes is going to probably take a step back or at least just not be as good. So, um, yeah, for, for me, it's always hard to say anybody but the Patriots at the top um, until something happens where I see a step back. I'm never going to predict a step back. It's just hard for me to do so. Mm-hmm. That's just so you don't look foolish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'd probably say that. Yes, yeah. I, I actually heard that in uh, one of the pods I I listened to, and they said, you know, why why change a, an opinion or um, prediction of a, a lifetime? You know, and just carry on saying Patriots till one day they go, oh well, you were proved wrong. It wasn't the Patriots because if you're the one who sticks your neck out like me and says the Colts, and then, you know, come the end of the season in February, they're like, ah, oh, well, we told you it wasn't the Colts. Yeah. You know, you, you silly person for saying that. So I can see both sides of the coin flip in that one, that's for sure. Um, but touching on what you were saying about the NFC, um, it was, I think it was um, Good Morning Football I was watching a bit earlier on today, and whoever it was that I don't know, I was doing some... Uh, Houseworks have been on vacation this week as the um, the Falcons they are going to be the sleeper team of the year apparently and they potentially win the NFC South and then go on from there and I could get behind that yeah yeah I mean uh, a step forward for um, oh, who is their other wide receiver it's, it's late <laughs> um, <laughs> who is their second wide receiver they just drafted him last year uh, and, anyway, yeah, but I mean, I, I think that their offense is going to take a step forward uh, just because of um, just, you know, progression like that. But I don't know. I don't know about the Falcons defense, though. So hmm. I have to say it was just something I, I heard off the cuff when I was doing some Kelvin stuff Ridley. On. There it is. Kelvin. Ridley. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, he could be a bit hit or miss, I think it's. Um, he, he, he can score a boatload of touchdowns in three games and then fall off a cliff for the mm-hmm. next ten. You just don't know. Hopefully, for their sake, he's a bit more consistent this yeah. year. And, um, but That's what you hope see. for coming into your second season, you know? Yeah, you want to hit consistent, really, and get, you know, rather than ten touchdowns in four games, you want them across ten games or so, don't you? Yeah. Um. There's. Uh, how did you guys... Well. Alex, obviously, you're from um, Buffalo area, but uh, Matthew, how did you become a Bills fan? Because it's not really one of the fashionable teams over in the UK, is it? Yeah, no, I I, I was there from, um, I've been there since around the Music City Miracle game. I think that was the one that really got me into into Buffalo. My, my, my soccer team is actually West Ham. Um, so yeah, real quick, why do you guys keep saying soccer? I thought I well, I, I'm not allowed to say that. How come you guys are saying it? No, no, you can say it. I, I, and okay. I, I actually say it as a any time I'm talking football, oh, as an that, American, yeah, as an sense. American football, it makes the differentiation between the two. Because um, just a sidestep before you um, continue, yep. Matthew was um, last year. I was in Mexico on holiday and um, I was chatting to this couple from Boston, and I had my one of my Patriots t-shirts on and they were like, oh, no way, you know, you're just, you're a Patriots fan, that's like made my day, but, you know, are you really a Patriots fan? So anyway, we got chatting about it and everything, there was a, this English couple that we met and he 
he did exactly the same as what you just done. He just went, hold on a minute, you said what now? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm differentiating between football and soccer. Or I, I, I don't see the point of American football, American football, football, football. You know, it's too similar. So I always kind yeah. of, I've stuck with that rule of thumb that that's why I say the, the differentiation between the two. That's- yeah. I'll follow that. Follow that that rule going forward. <laughs> in fact, if I find it works for me anyway, so take out yeah. it what you will. <laughs> now, as I say, with, with as I follow West Ham, I think they the way they go about obviously being um, being the underdogs. And oh my god, I got lightning out of there. That's nice. Uh, sorry, being distracted. Um, but no, because they've always been the underdogs. They've never been the one to Sort of constantly win, constantly, um, constantly be up the top, challenging for for honours and all that. I think that resembled what what Buffalo were at the time. Obviously, they had that Super Bowl, the Super Bowl era in the um, early nineties, and obviously from then on, it's been barren until a couple of a uh, couple of years ago. So I think it was the similarities between them, and it's just the just the ethic of um, being. Uh, being blue collared, actually, um, a working man's um, working man's team, which is something that I do I do like in in, in people and in, in teams general ones that will always work to to improve. And I think it from there after watching a few games, it was just it just stuck with me. Hmm. And Alex, did you have much choice in the matter? Is it purely oh, geographical oh. and family? Um, yeah, insulated, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's geographic. It's it's family for sure. I mean, my dad taught me curse words by watching Bills games. Uh, <laughs> he actually, I said that on our first uh, show, and he sent me a message after. He's like, "Hey, thanks for the shout out. Now everyone thinks I'm a jerk." Uh, <laughs> no, uh, um, it's just. It, I think it just goes to show the pain, and you know, kind of what Matt's saying about how being like a lovable loser kind of team. I mean, like since '95. I mean, this team has had two, three years of, hey, they might make the playoffs. You know, that's not enough. So, um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, you watch, um, Matthew, I'm sure you've seen all of the Embedded series, you know, the, the yeah. Bill's, uh, YouTube series called Embedded, where they just talk about being blue collar, being, you know, this city bleeds Buffalo Bills. Instead of like, if you got drafted by a team in, in, in California, you know, it's all about, oh, you know, uh, concessions and it's all about, you know, uh, luxury boxes and stuff like that. But we, we, we live and die on Sundays. So, yeah, that's a really good uh, comparison there. And that's kind of yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. And um, on touching on that as well, there's... Uh, I think they've almost done it every season, but certainly I'm sure it was last season I noticed it was the whole um, clearing the field for the game to be played. That is something that resonated with me um, in a way and because over here, you know, we've got the more like local teams that are just amateur and that that's just what they do is a, a hobby and for a bit of fun. Sometimes they're, um, yeah. they ask for the the people of the town or the village or whatever go and help clear the field so the soccer game can be played. Have you ever partaken in that, Alex, at all? Or is it people that you know that have done it? No. Uh, I, I If someone that I know has done it, we haven't had a conversation about it. Um, 
shoveling is one of those things. Shoveling snow is one of those things that, uh, you know, people would love to pass. I'm going to pass on shoveling snow. You know, you do it every day between November and March. So you don't want to go do it again, <laughs> you know, kind <laughs> <of> thing. <laughs> Not even for a free ticket to the game. I don't, were they given, I don't know if they were, they were paying. Yeah. They were paying. They were oh, oh. They were they were giving yeah. out free um free tickets mm-hmm. if you if you helped out if you showed oh, a bit geez. of snow they would give you um complimentary tickets yeah. to a get uh, to the well, game. Let me tell you, I two I, the season I think it was three years ago where we had the season finale against the Jets where the Jets had to win to get in. That was a December game. I was miserable. I went to a December game against the Colts uh, where Fred Jackson got his. 1000 yard season i was miserable um it's not fun to go to a winter game it really isn't i mean you have to get proper drunk to <laughs> time at a winter game yeah that, that sounds familiar because um in aberdeen is so where the the soccer stadium is for aberdeen football club it's right next to the the sea and if you get a northerly sea breeze coming off of there and at that time of year, it's not much fun, I can tell you. So it's slightly similar experience, just a little less snow, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, it's never yeah. great. It's never great. You know, I, I always say I could deal with the cold, I can deal with the snow, but really it's the wind. And at the Bills Stadium, it's underground. Uh, so it's, it's, it's super below sea level. And uh, when the wind gusts come into the stadium, it swirls. And the whole game is windy, and it's just, I mean, unbearably cold. And just, you know, you, the frostbite, it, it's possible, you know, if you don't take care of yourself. So some yeah. of that stuff, just pass, pass. <laughs> Stay indoors and watch it on TV. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. I'll go to the games in September and October. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And one last question from yes. me for you both is, um, Antonio Brown, what did you make of the situation with that? Yeah, Matt, Matt, you can go ahead. Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't, I didn't fancy it too much. I mean, I, I thought it was more smokescreen more than anything. I mean, what he was obviously saying, fake news and all that, we will we'll never know unless we obviously we were fly on the wall in any, um, in any conversation around the, uh, around the area. But if, in my opinion, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we didn't, we didn't pursue it, didn't actually get him because I just feel that. He is going to cause that trouble, like he has in um, in Pittsburgh, and I say with what we who we signed with John Brown and Cole Beasley. I'm happy with those two spending the money on those two over however much Oakland are paying um, Antonio Brown for uh, for a couple of years. Man, you know when when you asked that question, I thought you meant about Antonio Brown in Oakland. I forgot that even happened with us and him. Uh, and I, th- I think it's because I never believed it. I mean, yeah. it happened It happened at a time on the East Coast where I think we were all sleeping. So I woke up to the news, and then that's when it first came out that, oh, it's all fabricated. So the second I saw all my friends on Facebook getting excited, I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Because this is a guy who is, um, you know, he's very – I don't know him. So I might regret saying mean things about someone I don't know, but he comes off as very vain, and just Buffalo's not a city for him. 
California is definitely where that kind of guy belongs, I think. So uh, yeah. he never would have chosen to come to Buffalo. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying there. And he's not going to be someone that's, you know, pitching and shoveling snow in December when you can be yeah. sitting in 30 degree heat getting a suntan, is he? Yeah, and exactly. I, 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 w- I would be very surprised to hear that. I mean, we, I'm quite shocked to even hear that we offered to trade for him because, you know, you hear Sean McDermott talk all the time and Brendan Bean talk all the time about culture, culture, culture. And Antonio Brown is the exact opposite of the culture that these guys are trying to build and talk about, you know. So that was just very shocking altogether. That's why I didn't believe it because, you know, it, here's here's a city that it's team, 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 team first. And, and he's a me first kind of guy. So that's very shot. It was very shocking. But I'm I mean, obviously glad it didn't work out no matter what. Yeah. Well, thank uh, we'll let we'll super look to end it. End it there. Matthew, Matt, thank you very, very much thank for, you. for coming on the uh, on the podcast, giving us um a Patriot uh, view on, on the offseason and obviously the Bills as well. And there you have it. That was the UK Bills Mafia at Bills Backers UK on Twitter. Alex and Matthew, a great couple of guys, had a great little chat with them. Um, along the same mindset as myself, that you know we're trying to grow the game in the UK, we're trying to be more interactive. There is divisional rivalry there. Um, but not to the same extent if you're like Alex in in the UK, you know, you um sorry, if Alex being from Buffalo and stays in Buffalo and he lives and breathes Buffalo, he's got a a more eccentric um sort of hatred and rivalry towards us New England Patriots. But over here in the UK um, it's a great thing that we all interact and mingle and become one big community, whether it be at um, Tottenham Hotspur's new stadium, whether it be at Wembley, whether it be online or at fan events that NFL UK put on for us. Regardless of rivalries and such like that you may have or teams that you don't like, you know, we can all have a bit of banter and things and interact and such like. And I think it's great and I think going forward you know more chats like this with those guys and if there's anyone that you guys think that I should be getting on here or um, whether it be a blogger a podcast or whatever get in touch you know you might listen to other podcasts and things that I don't listen to that you think it would be a great um, idea for them to come on have a little chat about their team our team, the Patriots and such like. Um, that's what I'm looking to do and I'll continue to do that and spout my mantra until the cows come home sort of thing. Um, but yeah, guys, that's it. That's this week's show done and dusted now, sadly. Um, rem- please remember to rate, review and subscribe. It's much appreciated. Listeners are starting to grow a little bit now, which is great. Um, but the more the merrier, the more interaction we get. Um Add me on Twitter, at MattDinksterNFL. Come read my blog. It's getting into training camp now, so I'm going to try and pursue that a bit more now that the off-season's kind of pretty much finished. And that's us. We're in the 2019-2020 season. Let's get going. Let's go, Pats. 
Um, it's patriotsnationuk.com for the blog. I've been at Matt Inkster on Twitter. And remember guys, do your job as there are no days off.